Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced and easy to share with anyone. Try Dropbox for Business free for 30 days at dropbox.com slash business. Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly provided by Web Central. For two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading episode 234 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from eftm.com.au. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. You can support our sponsors, Dropbox and Netgear, anytime you like. And of course, the other man, the other bloke talking tech is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au in Los Angeles this week. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. I'm getting closer to home each week. I will be home next week, so uh, we are working our way back. Great to be with you once again through the wonders of the internet and this connectivity that we have, the wonders of technology that we talk about every week has allowed us to do this. That's the beautiful thing is we don't just love technology. We use technology. We couldn't do it without technology, basically. And the other thing we should say is uh, it's always lovely uh, when people are able to jump onto iTunes because we know the majority of people are listening through uh, their iPhones and iTunes and the uh, and the podcast app, as well as other apps like Pocket Cast and the like. But uh, some generous and kind people have jumped onto the uh, the iTunes store and uh, left uh, left some some comments. Uh, I don't know if I've I've read this one out. H love it. Interesting banter between the two presenters, and they have different interests, so you get a good cross section of product. Valuable in Australia for keeping up to date with local launches. And uh, RGP one seven seven just a couple of days ago. Five stars, of course. Thank you so much. Uh, these two guys are excellent. Not only am I kept informed and up to date on the latest tech, but I'm also thoroughly entertained. Great job, guys. Jeez, very nice Good of you stuff. to say. What great value we I mean, provide. We do. I mean, bang for buck, let's be honest. It's it's yeah. there's not there's nothing like it on the planet and uh, that's Absolutely. what we do. So um, lovely to have your thoughts, your comments, and we welcome those all the time on iTunes. And of course, um, uh, you can tweet us at Trevor Long at Stephen Fennick. And if you are going to have some fun, have a chat about anything you hear on the podcast, then we encourage you to use the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. Now, we're going to talk security here to kick it off. And, and the thing that, that has been at the front of my mind for the last week, Stephen, I know you've been globetrotting, but I do still spend a fair bit of time on Facebook. And I saw a lot of people in my Facebook feed, from my wife to relatives to friends to old colleagues, saying, um, showing me their words they most use on Facebook word cloud. Now, a word cloud, for those that don't know, is a, is a group of words in a picture, but the bigger the word, the more often it's used in the, in the sample. So basically, yeah. this, this website goes away, it reads your Facebook timeline, and it works out which words you say most and least. So my wife was all boasting, you know, oh, you say I'm unsupportive, look at mine, Trevor's the biggest and most important word there. <laughs> I had a look at mine, and it was kids, so it's a fun thing but i kept looking at it and it kept appearing in so many people and i thought well, how does this work so i clicked on the link and like many many things it, it, you take to a completely different website and then you're given the option to log in with facebook 
Now, this is where my concern starts, and I just want to just share with people what's actually happening here. If you click login on Facebook and you just click OK and you click Next because you want to get to it, you're handing over extreme personal information. By default, they take your birth date, your name, your hometown, your list of friends. Of course, they access your timeline because that's what they need for this one. But they also get access to all of your photos. And that's what happens by default. You need to go in and edit what you provide and say, no, no, I'm not going to provide that. I'm not going to provide that. And I'm not going to provide that. It's a really interesting kind of uh, issue for people that they probably didn't know existed, Steve. Yeah, well, you know what? This this isn't uh, this kind of l- click baiting. I don't think is it's not it's nothing new on Facebook. There, oh, there's no. been other other things that entice you to view the video, like to see what happened next. It will amaze you. And then when you click through to a lot of those links, it does have that the indicator to you know, log, in log in with, with Facebook, Facebook if you want to watch the video. So there's a fair bit of clickbaiting going on. I thought, I thought, I thought Facebook would be a bit more, bit more diligent allowing that into people's timelines. But in this case, the, the, word, the word cloud that you were talking about, there are a lot of people who, who are, are so curious, and that's all, all part of what link, you know, clickbaiting is all about, that they do want to compare their word cloud to others. And the same can be said for people who install, sometimes install malicious apps on their phone. They just click through all the conditions, yeah. All the things that you that the app and is going to access just to get to that end goal, mm. and little do they know that they're giving up all this information. In this case, like your friends list, your birthdays, all that sort of stuff, where it's just playing right into these people's hands if they want to either bombard you with spam or try something even even more malicious. Uh, you know that, that that could be the downside of this as well. So, I think Facebook for a lot of people, uh, we've said it before. That's their internet. That's a that's little. It. That's their walled garden of yeah. the internet that they play in all day, and these scammers know that, and they're playing on that. And and as a result, look what's happening. That's right. And this this is the thing. And my warning to people is that it's awesome. It's so good that Facebook can immediately log you into things, connect you to things, and you know it's great that you can very easily sign into things and hand over your email address, which is good in some cases because you're trying to sign up for things, but. Um, you know, you've just got to look closely. There was one, I did one tonight, actually. It was um, ARIA's voting. There was this, you know, Facebook in-app, in like in the ARIA's page, and you had to authorize it with Facebook. But it wanted my email address and my name, and I thought, no, no, you don't need my email address. I just want to vote. <laughs> so you can yeah. say no, and if it doesn't work... Because you say no, then you get to say, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it or not." So it's an interesting security warning from me. Absolutely right. And speaking of security, let's chat about some really interesting results that Norton released. They, they, they did some research earlier this week about the the cost of cybercrime just in Australia. A lot of people are aware that there is a constant cat and mouse battle between between the security companies, between the cyber criminals and hackers. And Norton's interesting report was the Cybersecurity Insights Report. And according to their study, there is nine out of 10 Australians that are worried about being affected by cybercrime. That, that's mm. nine out 90% of the population are worried about cybercrime. And this is another startling fact as well. And actually, this happened to me earlier this year. My credit card, well, my business credit card was compromised. And I didn't lose the card. So they somehow got my card number. And I'm not alone. There's 66% of respondents in this report think that their credit card information is more likely to be stolen online 
rather than physically from their wallet. That's right. So I, how, I had the same thing, mate. I, I, my, my Amex card, they rang me and they said, well, you, there's all these things you're buying, and, I'm like, and it's not me. And, you know, I, look, I didn't lose the card, and I didn't give it to someone crazy. So clearly somewhere that I shopped was compromised or was dodgy, and you just you just don't know what's well, going to happen. And it's huge. It's a huge impact in, in terms of the lost, um, lost money uh, or, or turnaround that, that oh, people have got to deal but, with. But what about the time it costs people? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's uh, on average... Uh, the the cost of this of this fraud costs people they lose an average of fourteen hours time sort of dealing with it, and on average three hundred and twenty five dollars that's per person. So in Australia alone, this is just Australia, more than one point two billion dollars lost to cybercrime. So four million Australians impacted by online by hackers. So that that's that's a f- nearly a fifth of the population have been affected by cybercrime. Yeah. And when it happened to me, my, my card had all these unusual transactions. And uh, alarmingly, and I'm going to name my bank, it was Commonwealth Bank. It was going on for two days, and I noticed it. And I told them they hadn't even noticed Wow, that's rare, man. It's, it's, they, they, they've got it, good it, alerts normally. It was unbelievable. And I, I remember ringing up. It was like I remember noticing it was like about midnight, and there was still they got a 24-7 line. I remember the woman at the other end of the line said, I said, look, how can this happen? Like, I've got my credit card in my hand. I said, where did this happen? How could this happen? And, you know, her answer was, they, there's a chance they could have guessed the number. Uh, so They've got to guess the what, number what, and the CVV. It's a huge guess. Well, no, not, no, they don't. There are some, there are the, the sites that they visited, like there's betting don't sites, use CVV. movie sites, you know, gold class sites. That all they require is the, the credit card number. And they know their targets. But anyway, the, the whole cost, as, and look at that cost to me, time and money, although I've got all, all the money back. And you have your uh, time, I mean, this man, let me tell you people, by the minute, <laughs> outrageous. That's why this show is only 30 minutes normally. We give you that extra value because this man, by the minute, whew, expensive. Yeah, that's right. But uh, the, the thing, look, our only safe, well, there's two things we can do to safeguard, to, to protect ourselves, and that's, of course, Internet security software, and we're talking not just on your computer. People think, oh, it's only, I've got a Mac, I don't need security, or it's my phone, I don't need security, or my tablet. Well, the bad news is, yes, you do. You're, you're wrong. You do need security. Any device that's connected to the internet needs protection. And yep. we're going to talk about another device that that's could be compromised as well. You'll be amazed what that will be. But the other thing that we can help safeguard our accounts and things is, is a, a really good password. Like we're being a bit, a little bit lazy, and you know what? Hackers know that. Hackers rely on our laziness not to create a password that's that's complicated and hard to crack. And they know that we often use the same password across a number of accounts. So if one of them goes, all of them are going to go. It's very dangerous. Check out the uh, information, the research, and of course the tips from Norton on uh, Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Now, I did allude to another smart device in the house that has become the latest target for hackers. Now, this is a product that in the last few years has seen incredible growth. It is a a product that has uh, grown and grown in, in sales by next year. There will be more than 100 million of these connected devices in people's homes. And, of course, I'm talking about smart TVs. Mm. And yes, 
they are the latest targets for hackers and cyber criminals. And the, the, the problem here is that a lot of people don't consider their smart TV to be in the same kind of class in terms of connectivity as their laptop or their desktop or even their mobile devices because it's been drummed into them by people like you and me that you need security on your computer, you need this, you need that. But they've, they've kind of skipped over the smart TV as, as a way in for a hacker as well. Mm. Uh, alarmingly, there's, there's more cases of even ransomware. Oh, there's a picture on my story on Tech Guide of a TV that's been held to ransom by Russian hackers. You can see a picture of it there. Yeah. Uh, quite incredible. I think people, uh, I have included some tips on how they can safeguard themselves to keep their TV free of malware, but boy, it, the way in is, is alarmingly simple. And the point here is that especially when, uh, when you look at the, the app ecosystem, and I mean, I, I love what Sony's doing with their Android TVs, but you know, Android is probably your, your biggest risk because Android apps can be built and, and run across mobiles and TVs. And, you know, that's your back door. Uh, installing an app is, is probably one of the, the biggest risks you've got um, because you may well be opening it up just as a basically a back door to, to, a, to a hacker to get into it and goodness yeah, knows what they'll do. Now, you know, right now the likelihood is that it's all going to be about ransomware because it's not like they weren't going to want to monitor your TV viewing or something, but um, it's a huge risk because, you know, these are multi-thousand dollar devices which could be rendered useless by ransomware. Um it, it's it's a timely warning. It's not a, a you know everyday thing. It's not like we're seeing this um, happening you know every minute of the day. But there are. It's all about scale, right? But they it's say by the end of twenty sixteen, yeah. more than a hundred million TVs, as you said. So Absolutely, it's all about scale yeah. and, and potential for well, it to happen. There's the other risks here, uh, apart from the apps which you mentioned, which is spot on. But the other the other risks here is there's two other risks here where you got to remember that there is a browser on your smart TV as well. Yeah. And what hackers can do is try to lure you to these malicious websites and install the malware through the website. The other yep. thing is that now that a lot of these TVs have got USB ports and a lot of people want to play their content or download content that they've found on their TV, they, they could run the risk of downloading, say they've got a file off a torrent site, uh, a new show or a movie, they pop that in the back of their TV could be laden with malware. They've uh, they've just installed that on their smart TV. So that's another thing people need to watch out for as well. Yep, absolutely true. It's a it's a it's a risk you have to be aware of. You have to, you know, protect yourself through just basic, simple tips and tricks, and they are all uh, listed for you at techguide.com.au. And Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced, and easy to share with anyone. Australian companies such as Bauer Media Group, Campaign Monitor, Shoes of Prey, Bellroy, and Suntory use Dropbox for business to help their team members work together no matter where they are or what tools they use. It's, it's independent of your other software. It becomes a place to save documents, and the great thing is... That especially if you've got people in your team who are using or have used Dropbox before on a personal level, Dropbox for Business is the same product. It just gives you as the business owner more controls over the administration of the accounts, the data, and all those different things that you would want as the business administrator. Get your whole team on Dropbox for Business today and keep your information easy to manage and secure with a 30-day trial. 
Try it free at dropbox.com slash business. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Trevor, the excitement, the fever pitch of this excitement building for the new Star Wars film, I have to say, I am counting the sleeps. Oh, how many? How many? It's uh, it's now 21 sleeps to go. That's tragic. Really, really. So three weeks to go. But uh, it's, it's, everyone's gone Star Wars crazy, including Google. Very interesting little little Easter egg that uh, was unveiled the other day. Google have got a couple of things they're doing that are Star Wars related. The first is a if there's a, a little treat for for fans if they actually enter into the search box a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. <laughs> so if they if they type that in there, you'll see a very interesting result. I'm not going to give it away. I want people to go out away and try that. But make sure you type in the two fars. I type in a long time ago in a galaxy far away. It didn't work. It will only work if you type in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, the only, two fars. Only a true so, fan would know to, to put the two fars in. I mean, you know, you're absolutely. obviously – You've obviously let yourself down there, Stephen. It's a very big disappointment <laughs> to, to me. Well, I thought, it, I thought it, was, uh, it would do it anyway with the one far, but obviously not. So they are true Star Wars believers over at Google. But the other thing they've done too, and this is a cool little feature as well, they're allowing people to choose their side on Star Wars. And I don't mean – the, your footy team, I'm talking here the dark side or the light side. So okay. what you can do is if you choose the light side, your avatar will turn, your profile picture will turn blue and you'll see the re- symbol of the rebels on there. And then you can actually use that for your Google Plus account, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so you can change your profile picture for all of those. But, oh, okay. And if you decide to go dark side, then it'll turn your profile picture red You'll have the imperial sim, the empire symbol on it, the imperial symbol, and then you can do the same. Share that to your social media. Make that your social media profile picture as well. So, but if you if you yeah if you do use Google Apps though, there's also a little surprise in store. Okay, what is it? Well, if you do install the uh, depending on what side you choose, hmm. you can then push it all through. These themes go through to the Google Apps. Now, depending on which apps you use, like Gmail, for example, will display will give you brand new Star Wars backgrounds. In YouTube, the progress bar will will appear as a lightsaber, <laughs> green, green or red, depending on which which side you've chosen. Uh, in Google Maps, this is a cool one too. In Google Maps, if you've chosen the light side, the indicator, you know where it drops the pin, well, where you are, it's, if you've chosen the good side, it's an X-Wing. If you've chosen the dark side, it's a TIE Fighter. Well, Very cool there as well. I have followed the link on your website, techguide.com.au, and I am <laughs> greeted with utmost disappointment and disgrace in the people of Google. Now, <laughs> let me make this clear. I am the biggest fan of Google's online cloud products of anyone. I use it for mail. I use it for storage. I have I spend 150 or $200 a year for my Google account. And I am greeted so, once so again. So you're a paying customer. I'm a paying customer, right? So I go to choose my side, light side, dark side. And what do I get? <laughs> Note. This experience is not available for Google Apps for Work, Educational, Government Accounts. So, hey, if you're paying money, you can't get this cool stuff. But if you're a freeloader, it's all good. What? 
Maybe see that so if you're, you're you're working, they don't want you to be distracted. What they don't a want load your bosses. of bosses! If it's for work, they <laughs> they don't want you to be distracted, mate. Well, Honestly. you're paying your money. You got to do your work. You know what's going to happen? This Google thing is really starting to annoy me. I'm going to buy like a Google <laughs> self-driving car in the future, and it's going to. I'm going to try and drive through the McDonald's drive-through, and it's going to say, "No, no, the McDonald's drive-through is not available to Google Apps customers." Like that's how bad my life's going to be with Google. <laughs> it's very cool what they've done, but for me to experience this this wonder, I have to go to your website just to look at photos of it because I can't put it on my account. But maybe, hey. maybe you know what you can do, mate. Yeah, you know, what? tell you what you can do. What? Why don't you try Google the answer to that problem? <laughs> nah, I'm not giving them clicks. <laughs> but I did like the 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 galaxy far far away. I won't spoil it either. Although what I would like that to do, and you'll understand what I mean when you see the feature, is I would like it to retain that um that style i don't want to spoil it i'd like it to retain that style for another search afterwards but if you search yes, for something for else it goes back pages, to normal yes yeah yeah, yeah. i agree because I, I wanted agree. to search for eftm and see eftm come up in that mode or something and um yeah, yeah anyway. i would have screenshotted the hell out of that, <laughs> that happened, mate. <laughs> all right well the uh i'm seeing it now the uh very nice uh change to the uh to the google apps for those people that aren't paying for it is uh screenshotted and available highly to look at at techguide.com.au We do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And something we haven't spoken about for a while are their ReadyNAS solutions. You know, uh, your files fully protected, ready to go. If you love something, protect it. Automatically back up your photos, videos, and files with ReadyNAS. Access and share them from anywhere using the web portal or mobile apps. They've got several different ranges. The ReadyNAS 100 series allows you to automatically back up, store, access your data anytime, a whole range of things. And uh, it's a little computer that sits in your house or your business and allows you to um, keep files and share them amongst your uh, your family. But also, that's where you can store your, your computer backups, and that's where you can store you know the things like movies and videos and photos that you uh, that you want to share across computers and devices. So check out the ReadyNAS range of solutions from Netgear, and you can read all about those at netgear.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, a uh, good story this week from Alcatel OneTouch. Our buddies at Alcatel OneTouch were proud very much so to, uh, to announce that for, uh, for the last quarter, they'd actually achieved number three status in the country. So number three handset maker. Um, and here's what I find interesting about this. Now, Alcatel OneTouch make a lot of phones. They have uh, end-to-end solutions. So they actually build, design everything under one roof. They've, they've got the whole – it's not outsourced. This is their products, their engineering. But what's critical here is they don't sell a phone – that's more than a, more than $379. That's their most expensive flagship phone. So the number three handset maker in the country only sells low-cost phones. And that says to mm. me, sometimes I think it's a, it's a reality check for us, Stephen, and for other tech uh, journos yep. and commentators that, you know, the top end, the Samsungs, the LGs, the Sonys, the Apples, they're big. But, geez, there's some, there's some real churn happening at that lower end too, mate. And this is a good story. It is absolutely yeah, and we should point out they are no, Alcatel One Touch is number three behind Apple and behind Samsung. So, pretty big names that that are, that the Alcatel are trailing there. They've also eclipsed some other even larger names. Uh, it just goes to show though that these affordable handsets, the what we call the low hanging fruit of the market, 
where not everyone's going to buy the iPhone. And you're right. We, we tend to write about all these top-end products that not everyone can afford. I, I have actually re- reviewed a couple of Alcatel phones, yep. including the Idol 3 on Tech Guide. And I have to say, one of the best value phones in terms of features, uh, quality, and pricing that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, the Idol 3 now available through Dodo, uh, through the kiosks and online. But uh, th- this is a great story, and it-, it does reflect the hard work they've done. They've they've, done, they've had a pretty good year in terms of releasing products exclusively for Optus, exclusively for Telstra. They gave B- Boost Mobile their f- its first 4G handset for that really uh, popular prepaid market as well. And that, that, that quarter, which is Q3, so we're talking July or September, that doesn't include the idle three sales, which, which, which have kicked in for the third That's quarter, right, yeah. uh, the fourth quarter. So um, the, imagine Q4 is going to be pretty interesting as well. It is. And, um, you know, as you say, the competition is fierce. Um, and, you know, to point out, we're talking about LG, Sam's, uh, LG, Sony, HTC. Yeah. These are HTC, yeah. These are big brands. and Microsoft. There's, yeah. There's a, <laughs> it's a big deal for them, and it's, uh, it's a credit to them. Not because of – not I mean, because of the quality of the product, but also because of the way they've pushed their product to market, you know? Getting low-cost handsets in the hands of people who just want a low-cost handset, want a prepaid plan, want those kind of things, is the smart way to go. Because why, yeah. why try and battle Samsung and Apple? That's my, my biggest concern is that Sony, LG, HTC are making excellent products, but they are pricing themselves out of the market because they're trying to compete with something that is... It's not a better product. It's just a different product, and it is. It has brand recognition. Totally if I was, right. if I was them, I would hit hard, target hard to drive sales and grow yourself to a point where you can afford then to dip your toe in the higher end. So, I think it's yeah. a complex, can, complex situation. Can I also point out that Alcatel One Touch is one of the major sponsors of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Oh, That's yeah. probably had a huge impact on their brand recognition as well. Oh, sure. They also so. sponsor sure. uh, the uh, Tara Coleman, one of the uh, Iron Women Woman yes. Champions. That's so probably had she's... a bigger effect than Buddy South. Well, uh, the, quite possibly. But so you're going to see the Alcatel One Touch name on the beaches. I think they're also sponsoring the 18 foot skiffs on the harbour. They've got a sponsorship deal in place as well with uh, Newcastle FC the Newcastle Jets FC and the National Basketball League. So very visible brand uh, and, you know, good to see. Congrats. Shout out to Sam Skontos, the Australian Managing Director of Alcatel One Touch, a friend of the show, uh, and his great work over there. Congratulations uh, and good to see that all their hard work is paying off. Pretty sure that if you buy an Alcatel One Touch too, you'll have an app called VoiceBite installed that you can uh, Absolutely. <clears throat> that's right. Pre- pre-loaded. Uh, we we, we uh, lined that up a, a, over a year ago now and we showed excellent foresight, I think, there, Trevor. You did. Well done. That, that's got nothing to do with their sales, but it's a Great upside for the for the buyers. Uh, Alcatel One Touch, uh, number three in the Aussie market. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we're living in a connected world. We we our homes on average have nine connected devices. Well, I know you and I, Trevor, we're well above average. We've got more, well, probably more than that, more than nine just in our own offices. We've got probably double that in our own in our own offices. But the it was an interesting study done. Uh, the NBN sort of setting up their forecast. I think Telsite. Uh, they they did a little report about the internet uninterrupted, the Australian households of the connected future. And what I like about this study is that they 
they did a pretty good job in outlining the different types of households, what they're using, what they're doing today, and what they predict will happen in the future by 2020. So we're talking within five years, we're going to go from having an average of nine connected devices in the home to 29 connected devices in the home by year 2020. It's happening already. You know what's most whimsical about that statistic? to me right now is that I've just logged on to my Netgear X6 Nighthawk <laughs> and a uh, number of devices right now. And we're recording this at 7.16 p.m. Kids are in bed, so their iPods are not on. 20, 29. <laughs> 29 <laughs> right now. And, but, and, you know, we make this point. So you are the future. <laughs> I, I, and I know it sounds stupid to say that, but uh, it's often, uh, and I said this to people recently, it's often lost on me and others in, who, who live and breathe this, that, we live and breathe it, and we don't remember what other people are still, you know, looking at these things. So, my home, I, I for example, went down to the NBN and had a look at their connected home of the future that they were showing, showcasing during this, the release of this report. And I just went, you know, I've got that, and I've got that, yeah, and I've got that, and and it was, you know, it was good, but it's it wasn't house of the present. It was, it was my house, and and you know, I look at it and I go, there are twenty nine connected now. I'm pretty sure that on a peak evening, um, we could get that to forty. Uh, no, no, yeah. no question at all. And there's probably another 20 devices that aren't connected, to, uh, you know, continuously. So, j- just looking at the different households, you would, the long household would be the hectic household, yeah. which is working parents with children living at home. So they got a, they own entertainment devices. They consume uh, a lot of, and own technology for both work and, uh, and for fun. So you'd be the hectic household. The other the other types of household, and I'd be the hectic household too. I've got three kids living at home and working parents and a, a huge number of connected devices. Yeah. But there's also things like the city living household with like couples living with no children. There's also the shared household, which is obviously flatmates and they, they don't have – if they don't have as many devices, but they make that up with heavy internet usage. There's also the suburban dreamer household. That's parents with children living at home uh, who tend to leave work at, at home and they only they only do entertainment stuff at home. They've got a few short hours between getting home from work and the kids going to bed and internet usage spikes then as well. There's also the empty nester household, which are obviously older couples and families without kids at home. They've, they've got some technology in the house. Hmm. They are uh, they're, don't have the latest devices, but they're the first to try to adopt that technology anyway. Uh, interesting look at that uh, analysis too. I'm quite proud at this moment because my son's iPod is clearly sitting somewhere here and still connected, and he's gone. He's gone to the trouble of going into the settings and renaming his device, and it says "Best iPod the World." Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's named his device, so I can see Amanda's iPhone, Trevor's iPad, all these kind of things, and then I can see "Best iPod the World." <laughs> he's renamed his iPod. Is that Harry or is that um, Jackson? That'd be Jackson. That'd be Jackson oh, for sure, which is just brilliant. He's just signed up, by the way, to a coding website. So the kid really? getting into coding. I'm very pumped. I'm very excited. So the connected mate. household will be we'll a big all be deal working for, us. for him, mate. I hope so. That's the plan. <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, before we get to uh, Stephen's minute reviews, I just wanted to talk about a funny story. And there's a little bit of humble bragging here because I um, I did put my um, myself a little bit on the line by by publishing a story on Monday night about a, a Vietnamese uh, bloke in in a Vietnamese Australian in Melbourne who had a Facebook profile and uh, his name 
when read phonetically in English, sounded quite controversial. In 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 Vietnamese, <laughs> you're not going to say it. In Vietnamese, his name is Phu Da Bic, Phu Da Bic. <laughs> but in in English, if you were to read it out loud, it would sound like you were saying the F word and maybe the B word uh, with regards to ladies. So not a great thing. Um, and he was saying he posted this thing back in January. He posted a picture of his passport with his name. And he posted a thing saying, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to read it directly, but basically saying, you know, it's a travesty that Facebook wants me to change my name. This is my real name. And just because I'm Asian, da, 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 da. And I just went, man, A, that looks photoshopped. <laughs> and then uh-huh. it went on the Lad Bible, which is a, quite a viral little um, Facebook page. And once it was on Lad Bible, it went viral. Hundreds of thousands of shares, people laughing, people encouraging, people supporting. And then it went in the media. Herald Sun, The Age, Daily Telegraph, you know, every website, the Daily Mail, RT, you know, the Russian, I mean, everywhere, the BBC. This thing went global, right, as a story. And all they did was basically say, here's this poor guy, here's his passport, and he's been, you know, disadvantaged because Facebook wanted to change his name. So I said on Monday night, I said, listen, I call BS on this. That, that's photoshopped. Secondly, his Facebook profile says he's the world snooker champion. I don't think he is. Um, thirdly, I, I actually took the time to speak to some Vietnamese people who said Phu Da Bic are all first names, not last names. So it doesn't even look like a real name to the Vietnamese community. <laughs> so I've called it, right? Anyway, that afternoon, or the, the afternoon after I published that, obviously a bunch of media organizations on the phone ring him going, hang on a minute, can we confirm this? And he doesn't confirm anything until he comes out and says, have you heard the story of the boy who cried wolf? And he exposes that it was all a prank and that he fooled the media Except EFTM, I'm proud to say. Um, but you know what? He did, Stephen. He fooled some of the yeah. biggest media organizations in the world by just photoshopping his passport badly, in my view, and posting something on Facebook. And that became a story. I, I am blown away by how someone yeah. can use Facebook in that way and also, you know, switch around Facebook's you know, priorities because, you know, it's a fake. Well, people are gullible, and yeah. it seems that Facebook is as well. Uh, it, it was in turning up. I, I got sick of the sight of this. So many people shared it. So he succeeded mm. in getting this thing to go viral, and it and and very insightful of yourself to 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 look a little bit deeper and not accept it on face value, which he's since confirmed. So good on you. A lot a lot of a lot of links back to your site. Uh, I think next time people are going to be a little bit more wary of these kind of things when they appear. I think the the saying where if it's too good or too funny to be true, uh, it probably is, and in this case, it was. It is, and um, an interesting little social experiment, which he did conduct, and frankly, he, despite the fact that oh, he's, yeah. a, he's a little narc, he was completely Success. right. Success. He trolled the media. So an interesting little story there on on the way Facebook can be, uh, can be used to create a, a media storm. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, as I browse through techguide.com.au, I see a couple of very interesting reviews and one that we should point people to. You've done a, uh, uh, your, your cameraman mate has done a great review of the Panasonic FZ300. So if you're in the market for a digital camera, a nice little compact shooter there that's worth looking at. Um, yep. But Stephen, uh, the, the Nomad Wallet, tell me about that one. Well, uh, this was a product that uh, I, I decided to absolutely test in the field. I made this my wallet on my travels. I've, I've been to London, I've been to New York, now I'm in LA. And I have used the Nomad wallet as my go-to wallet. So it's got all my cash in it. 
It's got all my credit cards in it, everything that I carry around in my nor- in my wallet as I normally would. But the Nomad wallets, there is a difference. It does have a battery on board in the spine of the wallet is a 2400 milliamp hour battery that can charge an iPhone 6 or 6S completely. So how it works is that with that battery in the spine of the wallet, and I've got to say, the wallet, and I've taken pictures. The pictures I took on my story are actually taken on a New York subway. Uh, I did take some images there. The wallet looks like a regular wallet. That gives it some scale. I'm holding it in my hand. looks like a normal wallet. In the spine there, you'll see when I turn it sideways that there's the battery sitting in there. And inside, and this is for iPhone only at this point, inside is also the cable. So you don't need to even carry a separate cable. You can unfold, you can detach the cable from this little pocket inside the middle of inside of the spine, connect it to your iPhone, and you could be charging on the go. Now, for me here on my travels, I've been, I usually I'm out all day, uh, maybe go straight to dinner from my last meeting, and I look at my phone and it's got 6% battery. So I, I, if, if I intend on staying out any later, I need to find a charger. Well, with the Nomad wallet, it allowed me to charge it up really well. The only, my only criticism is that uh, there are four little indicator lights on the bottom of the battery that gives you the uh, indication on how much charge is left. There is no way to activate those lights without uh-huh. actually plugging in your iPhone or actually plugging in the micro mm. USB charger. So uh, for you to see how much charge is left on the battery, you've actually got to connect your iPhone to the lightning, the built-in lightning cable. That's the only downside I found. Uh, it's available from the Nomad website. So it's hellonomad.com. I've got a link on Tech Guide. It's $99 US and it, they will ship to Australia. So there is some shipping costs. If you do happen to be traveling through the US though, they do sell them at all Best Buy stores and hopefully they'll come to australia possibly in 2016 for we can buy over the counter as well top stuff and a solid review traveling the world from stephen fennick you can find out more at techguide.com.au and this one sits quite nicely on my bedside table i've had tried a couple of different um, mounts and and docks for the apple watch but somehow johnny ive and the team have done it again mate with this uh, apple watch dock well, I think everyone was having a crack at the Apple Watch dock, so uh, Apple decided, of course, that they should weigh in as well, and their entry in this in this category is absolutely brilliant. The uh, magnetic charging dock looks very sleek, of course, works seamlessly with the Apple Watch. You can use it. It's a circular device, so it's got a solid base. Lightning cable goes in the back then to your power. There is a built-in uh, round magnetic charging plate on the center of the device and it can be used either flat so you can open up the band of the apple watch and let it ru- let it lie flat on the dock or you can actually pop it up so that the, the actual charging plate sits sideways so you can then actually put your watch into nightstand mode. So if it does happen to be sitting by your bedside, and I've been using my Apple Watch as my alarm clock this on this whole trip, nightstand mode is absolutely brilliant. It allows you to do that as well. The Apple Watch magnetic charging dock, very sleek bit of kit, priced at $129. Check it out once again, techguide.com.au. Well, that's another week down. Stephen, it is ungodly AM where you are in Los Angeles. Um, 
So we should wrap it up. We should let people enjoy the next week while we get you back in the country for Two Blokes Talking Tech episode 235. Thank you. Yes, I'll. Uh, we will. I will be back in Australia next week. Maybe even uh, we should work out a time where we can both be uh, in this in each one of each one of our studios uh, back in Sydney, so we can do another show in person. They always seem to be uh, the highest quality. So, although this hasn't been too bad all the way from LA, the <laughs> wonders of technology. I'm talking the quality of the recording, not the quality of the actual content. No, I, <laughs> that's what I meant. God, that's what I meant, mate. Yes. The, this hasn't been too bad, has it? We've no, I've got to be honest. Here. And once again, keen on the tweets, but I've got to tell you, I think this may well be our best ever in terms of quality. Wow. Line audio quality because of your connection there. It sounds fantastic. And, so you're and, saying you're saying that the connection when I'm in a hotel in Los Angeles is better than my connection when I'm in my on my Optus cable in my home in Pagewood. And you know you probably haven't seen the news, but there is there are rumours that the Optus cable network is so bad that the NBN's going to have to rebuild it when the, when they take over. No, seriously, uh, yeah, three hundred seventy five million dollar cost blowout because the Optus cable network isn't up to scratch. So that could be something right. to do with your dramas at home. <laughs> we'll talk next week okay. in person on. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech.